Welcome, I'm Pastor Tom, and I have the privilege of pastoring this church, this great church, and yeah, it's a, it, this is an awesome church, amen? Come on. God's doing good things. And uh, I just wanted, we're in a series called Body Parts, and if this is your first Sunday and you saw the big old sign that said Body Parts, and you're a little bit freaked out, what kind of church did I step into? We are not collecting body parts here at the church. But in Romans chapter 12, the Apostle Paul writes about the spiritual body of Christ, and he compares it to the physical body of a person. And he says, when the spiritual body is working in unity together, using all its different gifts in harmony with one another, guess what? The body of Christ is functioning at a high level, and it's impacting people's lives. If you know what I mean on a physical body, when you have a knee ache, or if your back hurts, or if your hips out of, it affects your entire body. I mean, it's amazing. If you smash your thumb when you're hammering something, you can't think anymore. I mean, it's just, it just, I mean, it just, it affects your entire body. And so as the body of Christ, we need to learn how we can work together with the gifts that God has given us to, to, to um, accomplish the purpose that he has for our lives. How many are excited to hear about today's gift that we're going to talk about? Yeah, come on. We're going to talk about um, a gift. And Peter writes in 1 Peter 4.10, before we get into that, Peter writes in 1 Peter 4.10, he says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. There's not just one. There's more than one gift. You might, ha- you might not just have one gift. You might have two gifts. I can guarantee you, you might have three gifts. You might have four gifts. But all of you have a gift. No one is left out. We all have different gifts. Peter writes, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts Use them well to serve myself. Use them well because it's all about me and I'm going to serve. No, it's all about others. Use them well to serve one another. We all have gifts and God wants us to use those gifts. Those gifts serve the body of Christ. A gift is a unique ability that God has given you to accomplish his work. Last week I shared about the parable of the talents, and I'm gonna just briefly highlight that one more time because there's a place I'm going here today and through this series that I want us to make sure that we grab a hold of this. It's gonna be a central theme through the series. If you remember about the parable of the talents, there was a master who called in three servants. He gave to each one of the servants a different variety of talents. And if you remember, the one servant that received the one talent, he, he received that talent in fear. And so when he went out, he didn't invest his talent he literally hid his talent. And, and the Lord said, you are a wicked and lazy servant. Get away from me. And then the other two servants who received talents, guess what they did? They responded in faith. And they used their talents in a greater way to, to expand the master's kingdom. It's all a parable or a story about Jesus and how we should use our talents to accomplish the mission that he has given for each and every one of us to win people for Christ. And so he looks at the two servants that went and actually used their talents for good. They used it in faith. And he says, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter into the kingdom of God. You see, it's really important as each member of the body of Christ that the gift that God has given you, that you you take that gift and you use it in faith. If you use it in fear, what happens is you just withhold it, you bury it, and God cannot use it. He wants you to step 
out in faith. As a part of this series, <coughs> Body Parts, we want to help each of you to discover the gifts that God has given you and how God can use those gifts effectively in and through your lives, ultimately to help to serve God and to serve others. Today, the gift that we're talking about in Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8, the gift we're talking about is the gift of giving. Paul writes in Romans 12, 8, if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is, if it is, to, if it is giving, give generously. The gift of giving is the gift that is, I think, is maybe the closest to the, to the heart of God. I mean, the, we know this because he gave his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Our Savior, Jesus Christ, was given by his heavenly Father to be our sacrifice, died on a cross, rose up on the third day. We just celebrated Easter. All for the fact because he loves you and he wanted to give you forgiveness through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We serve a God who is a giver. He's an extravagant giver. He doesn't give you hand-me-downs. He gives you first-class stuff. He doesn't say, oh, I'm going to get, no, no, no. He gives you from the, from the vast variety and the best that he has, he gives you the gifts. I believe that we're all called to be givers as followers of Jesus. We're never called to be stingy. If you're a follower of Christ and you're stingy, I will pray for you. Because God's not stingy with you. We are called to be generous. But now all of us are called to be givers. But some of you have the gift of giving. And these are the ones I'm going to talk to you today. And I believe for all of us, that gift can be something that we can also attain as well, the gift of giving. God desires that you use your specific gifts as the extension of his hands. Remember, your gifts have a dual purpose. Your gift is not only given to you to serve others, all of the gifts that we're going to be talking about, and this one included giving. It's not only used to be serving others, but actually your gift is also given to you so that you can inspire others. That others can go ahead and say, hey, if Pastor Tom can do it, if Mike can do it, if Brett can do it, maybe I can do it as well. You know, even in the gift of teaching, you hear, hear some of that man does just a beautiful job of teaching, and all of a sudden you're going like, Maybe I have that gift of teaching. Maybe I, you're not jealous of their gift. It inspires you to say, yeah, I'm going to step out in faith as well. Let me share with you today a couple of different stories that I believe will encourage you in the area of giving and help you to discover the gift of giving in your life. The first story is found in, actually both stories are found in the Gospel of Luke. But the first one is found in chapter 12 of the Gospel of Luke. Jesus, if you don't know this, Jesus was a storyteller. He loved to tell stories. And he told parables. And a parable is a made-up story that has hidden truth inside of that parable. And so he would love to tell parables out in the, out in the city, out wherever he was at, he would just start telling a parable. And some people were out, and he started, he was telling parables. And guess what? When Jesus was speaking, and this is what it says in Scripture, that all of a sudden thousands, not hundreds, thousands of people began to gather around him. And they wanted to hear the story that Jesus was going to share. So that's a little bit of the background. Luke chapter 12, verses 13 through 21. 
Listen to this story. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no more room to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then you will get what you have prepared for yourself. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word today. And God, we know that your word, there is power in your word. And God, that your word can penetrate our hearts and change us by the power of your Holy Spirit. So Lord, we invite your spirit today, Lord God, to make your word come alive in our hearts and our minds. That Lord, that they're just not words on a piece of paper, but they're the words that come alive in our heart and mind. And they'll change the way that we act and the way we think and the way we behave, the things that we do. God, because our goal is to become more and more like you. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said? The first thought I want to share with you this morning is this. Life is not measured by what you own, but by what you give. The man who shouted from the crowd was concerned about the wrong thing. He was concerned about his father's estate. He was concerned that it was not being divided fairly. You see, in those days, when a, when a father passed away, the estate would go, uh, first and foremost, a double inheritance would go to the oldest son. So when I read this story, I kind of think that maybe this is one of the younger sons. I don't know what, but probably one of the younger sons. And he's frustrated that all of a sudden the older son, because the older son gets a double inheritance, but he also takes on the responsibility of taking care of the family when they're in need. It's a responsibility, almost like the father role again. And so I'm sure it was kind of one of the younger sons that was complaining to Jesus, will you tell Lord my brother to divide this thing fairly? And man, Jesus just flips the narrative on this guy. He says, no, 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 you don't understand. He, he flips the narrative. He says, you need to guard your heart against the spirit of greed. He warned him not to measure life by what you own. That should not be the, an indicator of your success. The indicator for, of your success is that you should be rich in your relationship with Jesus Christ. The story that Jesus shares with this man who asked the question is a story that really should challenge each, of, each and every one of us. And every time, it's so interesting for me, when I start to talk about giving, the audience gets quiet. Isn't it interesting? I'm, I'm preaching it today. And I believe one of the reasons that we get quiet is because money or possessions are the, one, the number one thing that battle for our heart. 
It's either the spirit of God or the spirit of greed. And it battles, and we all start fighting with it. And, and I, me too. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not all that in a bag of chips up here thinking, no, no, no. I do the same thing. I wrestle with it. And Jesus, a third of his par- no. Yeah, I think it was a third of his parables talk about money or possessions. Isn't that interesting? A third of his parables. And I believe he spends so much time on that because he sees that the mankind struggles with possessions. Anyhow, that's all a whole other thing. But, but this is a story of trying to, it should remind us that storing up riches for the future, and there's nothing wrong with, with um, just being frugal. There's nothing wrong with planning ahead. There's nothing wrong with all those things. But Jesus reminds everyone in this story that you don't have control over your future. God does. If you think you have control over your future, he calls the man who has been planning all these things, he has all these investments, he thinks he's just going to sit back and be lazy and, and eat, drink, and be merry. He calls, Jesus calls him a fool. A fool. This, this very night, you will die, and what will you get for it? Jesus calls him out. It's not that having riches are wrong, but as followers of Jesus, our wealth should have a purpose, and that purpose is not greed. As followers of Christ, we are, we are not called to hoard, but we are called to be givers. God cared so much for you that he bankrupted heaven. I know you've heard that before. Maybe you haven't. But basically, he sent his one and only son a very expensive gift because of his love for you and for me. He gave. Our goal shouldn't be about storing up wealth for selfish gain, but it should be about using our wealth for a greater purpose, for God's purpose. This man in Jesus' story was so concerned about, about building riches that he completely lost sight of his relationship with God. It's interesting that our relationship with God, and I need you to catch this thought. There's times I'm going to throw out a thought, and if you're a regular attender of this church, you know what I'm talking about. I think about it like I'm throwing a baseball out to you. I need to have you have your catcher's mitt on. I need you to catch this thought. It's interesting that our relationship with God is deepened when we step away from self and we begin to help others. Remember, God's kingdom is built upon spiritual principles, not upon earthly principles, and, or worldly principles, you can call it. And so what happens in our life, many times, we struggle between worldly principles that we hear out in the world and spiritual principles that we read in God's word and that God, when we're praying, that God downloads to us. And we struggle between the two. We walk into the worldly, worldly uh, uh, principles and we try to get back into the spirit. And then sometimes what we try to do is blend the two together. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, spiritual principles and worldly principles are like oil and water. They do not blend. They just do not blend. You'll be so frustrated in your life if you try to keep on blending those two things together. It's going to frustrate you. It's not that God doesn't want us to be good stewards, but he, want us to, he wants us to be generous with the wealth that he gives us. Here's an interesting thought that I want you to catch as well. Our relationship with God can be measured by how we use our resources. Or you could say it this way. How you use your money can impact your relationship with God. Oh, Pastor Tom, you're crazy. Yeah, I think you're preaching heresy now. How can, my, how can I use my, how I use my money, how can that impact my relationship with God? Well, thank you for asking that question. 
If you're married here today, you come into unity together, in a bond, for richer for poor, for sicker for, what is it, what's the deal? For, for healthy and sick and, can you remind me of the vows, babe? Okay. But I love you, babe, okay? I love you. So 34 years ago, Annette and I made vows together for one another. And it's interesting to me, when I've gone through 34 years and about 25 years of ministry now, one of the major things in a marriage that has impact on a marriage is finances. It's true. When you, when you dig down deep, all of a sudden, you find out it's finances. So let's say you're married here today, and, and you have some kind of an agreement, and you're kind of in unity, but all of a sudden, your husband goes out, and he decides that it's time to buy a new boat. Not a 14-foot dinghy, but like a 40-foot yacht. You know what I'm saying? And he goes out, and he spends his money. You don't even know anything about it. Now, right there, when he goes out and buys that, or I'm not going to let the women out. You women, you have this dream of a brand-new convertible, whatever, Maserati. And you decide, oh, yeah, I'm going to buy it. And you go out, and you don't discuss it with your husband, and you just go out and buy this vehicle. Well, guess what? How you use your finances has impacted how your marriage is going to roll. When you all of a sudden work together in your marriage and with your finances, your marriage goes well because you are in unity. Now, take that and think about how you use your finances that God has blessed you with. Don't tell me how you use your finances or the gift that God has given you. How you use it does not impact your relationship with him. There's a story that Jesus shares in Matthew chapter 25, and it's a story that he talks about when he returns as the king, when Jesus returns, how there would be a separation, there's going to be a separation between the sheep and the goats. The sheep are the righteous ones that, are, that have their faith in Jesus Christ. The goats are the ones that are unrighteous, that have their faith in other things. And he shares this scripture he will say to the sheep, Matthew chapter 25, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, for I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. And then the sheep, who represents, remember the sheep represents the righteous ones. Thank you. Someone was listening. Yes. Represents the righteous ones. They will say, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? And the king will reply with these words, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it unto me. Your affections and giving towards others represents your affections and giving towards God. Guess why? Because we are all children of God. If someone, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're married here and you have a family today, with, you have children, if someone blesses your child, they bless you. Do you follow along with me? I have a daughter, Brittany. How many know Brittany? Everybody, yeah, come on. Brittany's awesome. We were FaceTiming yesterday. She FaceTimes me. I always wonder about it because she's on the beach. I'm thinking, no, there goes our data. But anyhow, it's okay. Anyhow, she was FaceTiming with us yesterday. 
Father never stops thinking, but I love it. I'll pay the, I'll pay the data, data charges. Anyhow, she was FaceTiming us. And I was thinking about this as I was working on this message. If Brittany, she's up in Seattle, and if she's driving down the I-5 freeway and all of a sudden has a flat tire on her car, and she is stranded on the freeway in trouble, and then all of a sudden a kind person sees that she is stranded and she or he stops by and helps her, fixes her tire, and gets her back on the road, guess what? That person just showed kindness to me. I don't know the name of that person. I don't know who that person necessarily was. But because they helped my daughter, they helped my child, that person showed kindness to me. This is how it is in the kingdom of God when it comes to the gift of giving. When you give to someone else, Jesus is saying, you're doing it unto me. Because that is my child. That is my child. You're helping my child. For a person who has a gift of giving, catch this, for a person who has a gift of giving, because I think, I personally believe that we're going to be measured by how we use our gifts. It's scriptural. It's the whole story of the talents. When the, the three servants that I talked about, how they used their gifts is how they were judged, right? So for you who have the gift of giving, guess what? Your life in some ways is going to be measured by how you use that gift. The second story that I want to share with you today, I have two stories, and we're going to get here fast because I know you guys are all thinking about the tacos. Stop thinking about the tacos. It's all good. The second story, if you didn't know, we're having tacos after church today. The second story I want to share with you today is also found in the Gospel of Luke, but chapter 8. This is probably a scripture that you probably have never uh, considered when it comes to giving. But let me read it to you today. It starts in verse 1. We're going to Chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. Um, Soon afterward, Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. He took his 12 disciples with him, along with them, along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons, Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Herod's business, Herod's business manager, she was high up, Susanna, and many others who were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. These women, who were, who, these women were people who were rocked by Jesus. These women, had, some had diseases, some had evil spirits, and God, Jesus came and he healed them. All of a sudden, something changed in their life, and they started to follow Jesus and his disciples, and out of their own resources, they started funding the ministry of Jesus. Don't tell me that women didn't play a big role in Jesus' life. Come on, this is cool. Come on, this is cool stuff. This brings me to my second thought, and this is a really basic thought, but I want you to grab a hold of it. It is through your giving, our giving, of God's resources that we support the work of Christ. We are called to give. All of us are called to give. If God has impacted your life, you should respond by giving so that other lives can be impacted as well. We should never limit what God wants to do. And our resources are given to us to help support us. That's one of the reasons that that we can live, that we have food. 
but it's also so that we can share and we can help others. Last week, 11 people were water baptized. How many were here last week? Yeah, come on, come on. We had the baptismal tank, and I thought we had three, four, or five people that were going to be baptized, and it was set up right here. And I remember my feeling when all of a sudden I'm at the end of the service, and I invite the baptismal candidates to come in from the lobby, and we all, we, we have the I have decided, you always wear your, where's your I have decided? You don't have it today. We all have I have decided t-shirts that when you get baptized, you get a, a black t-shirt that says I have decided. And so when the doors open in the back, all of a sudden I saw one and two and three and four, and I'm starting to go, where did all these people come from who are getting baptized? People that day made decisions to say, you know what, Pastor Tom, I'm making a decision today to follow Christ, and I'm going to, I'm going to actually come up here. Think about how big of a deal that is. We just, some of us Christians don't remember how big of a deal this is. To get water baptized in front of a lot of people, and man, the church was crazy. We were celebrating. We were, and I just like, man, that is a church that is active, that is changing lives. And that's who we are called to be in Christ, is we are called to impact the lives of others. Our giving supports the preaching of the gospel in this local church. It supports the spreading of the good news to the lives of people. I can give you story after story, and I'm not just a pastor that makes up things. I'm not saying that pastors do make up things. Don't, don't take that wrong. Unless they're golfing and they make up scores. I can tell you that all across, man, pastors make up scores when they're golfing. But, but I can tell you story after story of people in this church whose lives are being changed. Some of them are not in this church anymore. They've moved away. They've moved to another area, and, but their lives have been changed, and they keep on saying, Pastor Tom, we listen to your podcast, man, and, and I, I just keep on growing in Christ. Pastor Tom, I found this great church where I'm at, and boy, God, God is starting to rise. That's the body of Christ in large. We're impacting people. Not always do we get to hold on to everybody. We're losing a family today. At the end of the service, I want to pray over them, and uh, there's times where people are transitioned. But when that takes place, I believe when that takes place, what happens is God takes people to another location and he uses them there. They, they get something from this church. They go to another church and they start spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. And I'm hoping around America, churches are going to come more alive than ever before. Amen? And maybe we have a small part of that. But your, but your giving supports that. We are the body of Christ. We are called to make a difference by presenting love and forgiveness to, to, to all those who can hear. One way we do this is through this local church, through Easter egg hunts, Christmas tree lightings, making blankets for Yana Blankets Ministry for the cancer patients, friendship shelter. We go down and help feed. We're going to do, schedule that again. Orange County Rescue Mission. When we go down, we preach the gospel, the gel ministry, the group's ministry, the women's ministries, the men's ministries, youth ministries, children's ministries, children's camps, all these different things we do because we want to present the love of Jesus to people. Lives are changed by what we do and our willingness to sacrifice our resources, our giving for the cause of Christ. These women, these women who were following Jesus wanted others to experience what they had experienced. 
And they were willing to do whatever it took to fund the ministry of Christ. Verse 3 states that there were many who were contributing. It wasn't just these three. Read, read your Bible. Read your verses there. there were, it says there were many who were contributing to the ministry of Jesus and his disciples. Guess what? The church is still alive today. And the gospel still needs to be preached. Let's continue to make a difference through the gift of giving. In Romans chapter 12, where Paul lists the different gifts of the Spirit, he states that if you have the gift of giving, then give generously. Like I said, I believe we're all called to give. But some of you have the gift of giving. And we're going to talk about, how do I know if I have the gift of giving? I'm going to talk about that as we close here in just a minute. But I'm here to declare to you today, you're not going to give, outgive God. It's impossible. You just can't do it. You, so today you might be wondering, how do I know if I have the gift of giving? Let me give you some characteristics of the gift of giving. And this is literally going to take about three or four minutes, and we're going to come to a conclusion here. Hopefully I didn't just lie. Lord, forgive me if I lied just now. Okay. The first characteristic, Pastor Tom, how do I know if I have the gift of giving? You give not for recognition, but you give for purpose. You don't give because you desire credit. You give because the Holy Spirit has put it in your heart. Most people who have the gift of giving do it quietly. If you're giving for recognition, if you're giving to get a plaque on the wall, if you're giving to get a building named after you, if you have a building named after you, please forgive me right now, but if you, and maybe you weren't giving for that purpose and they named a building after you, so that's really cool. But if you're giving for recognition, you, in some ways you're actually really not giving because when you're giving that way, you kind of have strings attached to it, you know what I'm saying? It's not really, really giving. Jesus says, in, in Matthew 6, 4, that we should give in secret. And when he was talking about that, he was really talking about the Pharisees and the Sadducees who loved to give extravagant gifts in front of everybody. Look what I have done. Man, look what I... Remember, and Jesus looks at the woman that comes down and gives one mite and says she gave more than anybody. She put it in because it came from her heart. Jesus doesn't want us to give for recognition he wants us to give because we love him. Your satisfaction, if you have the gift of giving, your satisfaction comes from knowing that you are obeying God and you are fulfilling his purpose. You see that as a significance. Second thing, if you, characteristic of gift and giving, you give without the need of appeal. You're a person who just gives. You don't need Pastor Tom to tell you to give. You know, there's, there's, you, you love to give. And you know, like some, there was a day in my, there was a time in my life, I'm not naturally born as a giver. It's a gift that has grown on me. It wasn't one that was naturally given to me. And when I gave it, you had to peel my hand open. You know what I'm saying? And you had to, Jesus had to peel my hand open and get the money out of my hand, you know, to give it away. But for some of you, you have always been givers. It just is a natural thing in you. You want to give. You don't need an appeal. It's your passion. In fact, when a pastor makes too hard of an appeal, it actually turns you off. And what, the reason it turns you off is because your giving comes from your heart. And when there's an appeal from outside, it feels like someone is trying to force you to do something that is already inside of your heart. That an appeal from the pastor is for the rest of you people who don't like to give. Because all of a sudden, I have to give you a purpose or a reason or a cause. This is why you need to give. But for a true giver who has been given the gift of giving, 
You don't need an appeal. You just say, hey, I see a need. Before the pastor sees it, I'm going to give. I'm going to help this person out. I know that that child's not going to go to Bible camp. I'm going to help that person get to Bible camp. I know, see, do you see what I'm saying? You have the gift of giving. You don't need someone to motivate you. You're already motivated. The next characteristic of giving is this, third one. You give because it brings you great joy. When you meet the needs of others, it brings great joy to your heart. You need no other reason Giving for you is being the extension of God's hands. You know the rewards of giving is going to come from our Heavenly Father. You don't need any earthly rewards right now. Man, you know that because of your gift that God sees what you're doing and you're blessing one of his children and it rewards you. And I encourage all of us to do this. And I'm hoping that those givers here today, as you continue to give, it's going to inspire others because there is such a blessing when you give. There's such a reward when you sacrifice and you see that you're meeting the needs of others. The heart of a giver. The last characteristic that I will share with you today, and this is not all the characteristics. I don't have a monopoly on what characteristics. These are just the ones I brought to you today. The last characteristic is this. You give because you're blessed. You recognize how blessed you are by God, and it rings deep within you. And you give out of a heart of gratitude because you have a great desire to share the blessings that God has given you. You desire to share that with others. In fact, one of the reasons that you give is because you want to inspire others to enjoy the same blessings that you have received. You're not trying to impress people by your giving. You're trying to motivate them through your giving. If you have the gift of giving, catch this, if you have the gift of giving, you have the gift of faith. They go hand in hand. Because giving is stepping out in faith and believing that when you give, this is not just your resource, this is not all that I have, because I know I have a heavenly Father, and that requires faith, that is going to replenish my resources so that I can keep out giving. I'm telling you, it works. It doesn't work on paper. I've tried to figure it out on paper. I've worked out on the formula. It just doesn't work. But somehow, when I give, God continues to bless me in my giving. And so I just keep on giving, and God says, hey, here you go. I'm going to bless you again. I'm going to bless you again. And then I keep giving. It works. It might not be your natural gift. It wasn't mine. But man, I jumped on the bandwagon once I figured it out. Ah, I like this idea. And I encourage you to pray about it. And if you don't have that gift of giving, pray about it. Ask God to give it to you. And if you have the gift of giving, use it. Use it in extravagant ways so you could inspire others to give. One of the reasons I give I'll just be honest with you. I feel like every time I give, I step on the devil's neck. Every time I give to God, every time I give to a person who's in need, I just literally step on the devil's neck and say, hey, you have no control over me. God is my resource. God is the one that provides for my life. It's not my, and you might have bank accounts, you might have savings, you might have a 501 or no, I don't even know what they are. I've got to get some of those things, whatever those things are. 401ks, you might have all those things, investments, real estate, whatever they might be. Nothing wrong with any of those things. 
but they cannot be seen as your source. When they become your source, you need to pray. You need to give. That's why I give. I keep, I go, no, it's not going to become my source. I'm just going to keep giving. Because God is my source. And when God sees you, and he goes, hmm, man, Tom, he's no longer relying on his bank accounts. He's relying on me. Changes everything, I'm telling you. It doesn't make any sense on paper, but it changes everything. For you givers out there that have the gift of giving, money is not your God. It's a resource that God has given you to use. Thank you for being givers. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word today. I thank you, God, that your word can penetrate our heart and our life and change us from the inside out. I thank you, Lord, that we have givers here today that have the gift of giving, that you blessed them with the opportunity to give. And God, I pray that you would just continue to bless givers like never before. I pray, God, that you just open up the heavens, Lord God, and pour out, Lord God, more and more blessings so that they continue to impact the lives of people. I just feel like heads bowed, eyes closed for just a minute. I just felt like we're a church that likes to apply God's word to our life. So we don't just leave, but we actually start making an application to it. I want to say two prayers today. If as I was sharing here today, and you know in your heart that you have the gift of giver, giving, you have that gift in your heart, eyes closed, I want you to just raise your hand real high because I want to pray over you. If you have that gift of giving in you, I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you, yeah, quite a few. Lord Jesus, I pray right now for every person with their hand raised, that God, that you would bless them abundantly. Because God, you have given them a gift, Lord God, that's from the many extravagant gifts that you have, but you have placed that gift in their heart. And I pray, God, that, that nothing will get in the way of their gift. Nothing that the enemy can try to do or plan, Lord God, will ever distract them from using their gift. I pray, God, for opportunities like never before, where they, Lord God, can give in such a way to bless others, Lord God. And I pray over their lives that, Lord God, you will just open up the floodgates in ways they maybe never could have imagined, that you would open it up and pour out to them in abundance so that they can use that, your resources, to help others in Jesus' name. If you're here today, eyes closed one more time, and you struggle with giving, you struggle in the area of finances, and, just, and you say, Pastor Tom, and I, I had that struggle. I struggle with that. And if you want me to pray for you, if you don't want to, don't raise your hand. But if you want me to pray for you, raise your hand real high. And just say, I want that gift. I see those hands. Come on. Thank you for being honest. That's awesome. God sees it. Lord Jesus, you see every hand that's raised here today. And I pray in the name of Jesus right now that, Lord God, you would help each person with hand raised, that this gift of giving, God, would become a greater gift in their life. That, Lord God, they will not see their resource as a piece of paper with a George Washington or Abraham Lincoln on it. But, God, they will see their resource is you. And it will change their thinking. It will change in, on how everything that they do. And, God, that you will bless them. It's the only place, God, that you tell us to test you. And, God, I pray, God, that as we test you in our giving, that you will bless them abundantly. 
in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, Amen.